The Poetry Circle with Anya Nikuiv. Hello, this is Anya from The Poetry Circle. Uh, welcome. And uh, I'm reading some, a collection of gentlemen's poems today um, as a change from last week. Now, if you're interested in any of the poems and you want to contribute to the station, then you look up RICC Radio 2020 at gmail.com. And if you'd like to maybe read your own poem or trust it to me, uh, then we'd be delighted to hear from you. Now, most of the uh, poems that I'm reading today, you probably would know the poets, like there's uh, Jonathan Swift and Oliver Goldsmith and James Clarence Mangan, and then there's Brendan Kennelly and Patrick Kavanagh. So I'm starting off now with uh, Jonathan Swift, and uh, Jonathan Swift actually um, was born in 1667 and died in 1745. Um, his poetry was sometimes such as to provoke unease and therefore he was unpopular with some people who said he'd never make a poem, a poet. So the one I'm going to read is The Lorchet of Rubbish. An inundation, says the fable, overflowed a farmer's barn and stable. Whole ricks of hay and stacks of corn were down to the sudden current born. While things of heterogeneous kind together float with tide and wind, the generous wheat forgot its pride and sailed with litter side by side, uniting all to show their amity as in a general calamity, a ball of new-dropped horse's dung mingling with apples in the throng. Said to the pippin plump and prim, See, brother, how we apples swim. Now, there was enough in that to, uh, to uh, provoke unease among people and uh, to say things like uh, dung balls speak, that that shouldn't really have been brought into poetry. It was too commonplace. And uh, 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 Jonathan Swift continued on, but didn't care very much about that. And then in the description of a city shower, couple of lines from that, again by him. Sweepings from butchers' stalls, dung, guts and blood, drowned puppies, stinking sprats, all drenched in mud, dead cats and turnip tops come tumbling down the flood. Um, he, they just said maybe he observed things around him more closely than other people and therefore picked out things of that, of that nature. But a controversial man was... Um, Jonathan Swift. Now we're going on to Oliver Goldsmith. Oliver Goldsmith was born in 1718 and died in 1774. A um, little few words about him, first of all. He was raised in the Midlands, um, round the counties of Longford, Roscommon and Westmeath, and he was educated in Trinity College, Dublin. He arrived in London in 1756 
at the age of 28. And over the next 18 years, he became one of the best known poets, essayists, novelists, dramatists and popular historians of his age. And then in 1766, the great cham, Samuel Johnson, whose favourite literary club, Goldsmith, would, whose, of whose favourite literary club, Goldsmith poem, The Traveller, um, and other poetry, there hasn't been such a poem as that since Oliver Pope's, Pope's time. Now, in fact... Um, those comments come from Gerald Daw in his wonderful book, The Cambridge Guide uh, to um, Cambridge Companion uh, to uh, Irish Poets. And um, I'm going to read you now uh, one, one of his one of his poems. And this is one this is a poem now of Oliver Goldsmith's and you might remember it from your school days. Remember the final lines of it were that one small head could carry all he knew. In other words, it was a poem about the village schoolmaster. The village all declared how much he knew to certain he could write and cipher too. Lands he could measure, terms and tides presage. And even the story ran that he could gauge in arguing too. The person owed his skill. For though even vanquished, he could argue still, while words of learned length and thundering sound amazed the gazing rustics ranged around, and still they gazed, and still the wonder grew that one small head could carry all he knew. That was, I think, most of us loved that poem uh, when we learned it at school. And also, it, it, that one about the village schoolman, the one that is similar to that is the deserted village, and that's also very much beloved of people. Now, we're going on uh, to James Clarence Mangan, um, born in 1803 and died in 1849. And um, he was a theorist, a, a a figure whose work is amiable to the idea of uh, Walter Benjamin and other literary historians, and there's a similar perspective sense of his achievement. Um, and the poem that I will read you now from James Clarence Mangan um, is as follows. The man who in his prime and long, ere guzzling makes him sick, quits. The Chian flask is over strong, displays most politic wits. But if he lived in or by song, he must bow out all liquids, save for coffee, ere he swelled the throng of geniuses and quick wits. And another drinking song he wrote was, Albeit we smile when we behold a beerless pot or a punchless bowl, yet that is bile. Such smile is cold, it brightens not the sunken soul. Um, now, James Clarence Mangan wrote very, very beautiful things and Dark Rosaline and Maureen a Love Lament, which he republished as a famine poem, newly called The Groans of Despair. And 
one of his, that poem, Dark Rosaline, is a complex affair within his own work. Very beautiful and a famous poem. He looked um, at the fields and dales as well, and he wrote the next um, lines in Dark Rosaline. Over hills and through dales have I roamed for your sake. All yesterday I sailed with sails on river and on lake. The urn at its highest flood I dashed across unseen. For there was lightning in my blood, my dark Rosaline, my own Rosaline. Oh, there was lightning in my blood. Red lightning lightened through my veins. Oh, sorry, red light. Oh, there was lightning in my blood. Red lightning lightened through my blood, my dark Rosaline. And that red lighting he's talking about is something unseen for the future. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful poetry and a lot of it. Um, there was another poem which speaks of his practice and it's kind of amusing I was parrot mute and happy till once upon a time the fowler pierced my wood and caught me then blame me not but I will echo still in wayward rhyme the melancholy wit they taught me now, uh, I have, uh, other times in other poetry circles, I have read lots of Yeats' poetry, which is uh, uh, very much a favourite of mine. There are some beautiful poems in that. So we will leave Yeats um, uh, for another year, and we'll go on to a, a poet who became very famous, Francis Ledwich. And uh, Francis Ledwich was born in 1887, died 1913. Um, beautiful, uh, beautiful poetry. Um, Francis is like other people, uh, with other subjects, not least that he died a violent death as a relatively young man. And uh, that was uh, a bullet who uh, killed him uh, during the war. And the poem I'm going to read for you now from um, Patrick Ledge, which, remember, a lot of it would deal with the army and his term as, as a soldier and uh, would be kind of sad of the death of other young men. Now, A Little Boy in the Morning was written on leave. Um, Francis uh, Ledwich um, includes as friends lots of uh, uh, relatives and fellow artists and uh, he was shot, he himself was shot in the head. Um, the next poem, uh, poet I'm talking about is Francis Ledwich and he had quite a lot of work but unfortunately uh, Francis Ledwich died too soon. He was in the army and uh, got a bullet and uh, so did a lot of men which, um, he, who were in the army with him. So um, uh, he was born in 1887 and died in 1917. He wrote beautiful poetry um, about his colleagues who died and his own poem, where he foresees his death. Tomorrow will be loud with war. How will I be counted for? A keen-edged sword, a soldier's heart, is greater than the poet's art. And greater than a poet's fame, a little grave that has no name, whence honour turns away in shame. And he went on then to write about uh, Thomas Macdonough. And he wrote this. 
when he was invalided back to England from Serbia shortly after McDonough's execution. And he was obviously very very upset by this matter and taken by the matter. So the following poem is beautiful. He shall not hear the bitter cry in the wild sky where he is lain, not voices of the sweeter birds above the wailing of the rain, nor shall he know when loud march blows through slanting snows her fanfare shrill, blowing to flame the golden cup of many an upset daffodil. But when the dark cow leaves the moor and pastures poor with greedy weeds, perhaps he'll hear her low at morn, lifting her horn in pleasant meads. And when he talks about that, he talks about uh, he shall not hear the bittern cry. Um, that's a reference to Thomas McDonough's translation of the Gaelic poem, The Yellow Bittern, and uh, he includes it in that. It's a lovely poem. That's uh, Francis Ledwich. Um, the next uh, poet now is Brendan Kennelly. And uh, Brendan Kennelly uh, wrote some lovely poetry. He was born in Kerry in Ballylongford and he educated in Trinity College and in Leeds. And then he came back to Trinity College after working as a bus conductor in London in uh, 1963. And he was appointed the personal chair of literature in 1973. Um, Lots of poetry about ordinary events and that. And certainly everyone who met him in Grafton Street in Dublin would know he would stop and shake his, their hand and uh, tell, ask them how they were. And, you know, he was very liked people very much. And uh, he was that kind of person. He was unusual in that his private world was located somewhere between his public world and his private world. And he wrote some lovely poetry and all very interesting and easy poetry. He grew up in his father's pub and it introduced him to different um, males drinking as a youngster. He had to find his way through what appeared to be him to be a dark forest of legs, pushing his way to the light. Um, one, one uh, poem that he wrote, The Man Made of Rain, he said, it's, It is part of me tonight, the high spring tide of blood, lifting in its rising hands images I cannot hide. How much have I hidden and how much have I lied? I think that was something he thought about a great deal. And therefore, language and um, poetry was very po important to Brendan Kennelly. Um, one couple of lines uh, where... He said poetry was a cruel mistress was it brings us brings begin the loneliness that cannot end since it's perhaps what makes us begin. And then he went on to say that always seems about to give in something that will not acknowledge conclusion insists that we forget forever begin. And he went on then other poetry lovely words. If you call me anything say I'm a maker of men. I was in the beginning. I will be there at the end. His um, term in England, he wrote about, he said, I am an emigrant in whose brain Ireland bleeds and cannot cease to bleed till I come home again to fields that are a, par a parody of peace. And um, they said that Kennelly had two demons, alcohol and women, as I said, demons that have both delighted and abandoned him. And his angels were the language that he had instinctively. 
and the joy of people. As I said, if you met him in Grafton Street, he'd spend the day talking to you. Lovely man. Now, that's our range of poetry today. Some very, very well-known English men and Irish men. And uh, next week, then, it will be more of a mix of poetry. But somewhere along the line, I hope you find one that you like in particular or reminds you of the time you were in school learning poetry. Does anybody ever remember Kubla Khan in Xanadu at Kubla Khan, a gentle cavern down for man, down where the rushes go? Something like that, anyway. So we'll finish off today, and I hope you've enjoyed the programme. And please contact us if you have any poems that you would like read or to read yourself. We're coming up to Bloomsday now, so there'll be a lot of emphasis on James Joyce, and that's something we'll deal with as well. And remember, you can contact us at ricradio2020 at gmail.com. And you can find the programme very easily by just putting in RICC and up will come a series of things that you can click on if you like. So goodbye for me and thank you for listening today. The Poetry Circle with Anya Nikuyev. <laughs>